everyone, and welcome to the Bold and Beautiful Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, and I've titled this week's episode, Slap Gate. I just felt like this was a very appropriate title. Before we get started, I just want to say that I do apologize for the episode being late. I believe I said two weeks, and it's been close to three weeks, but because of all the preempted episodes, I thought, you know what, I'll just wait and put it out when I have more episodes to cover. So here we are. I am going to cover January 7th through the 20th. Before we get into the recap, last week I asked for stories about how you became a B&B addict. And I did receive stories and I want to thank everyone who sent in a story. It was so sweet that you took the time to do that for all of us. Our first story is from Tim S. Hi Amanda, great job on the podcast. I am a 47 year old guy who never watched a soap in his life. About two years ago, There was a scheduling mix-up and a football game that I wanted to record ended up being an episode of the B&B. I was going to just delete it, but then I watched it instead and here we are two years later and I am a big fan. And just like that, poor Tim became an addict. Thank you so much, Tim, for your story. Our next story comes from Leslie M., Hi, Amanda. On the latest show, you asked for stories and how we were called to the bold and the beautiful. I want to share my story. When I was young, like third grade-ish, my sister, Tenley, watched me for the summer. Tenley watched Gotting Light. Loved, loved Gotting Light. I watched that from four years old all the way until it went off the air. I absolutely loved it. It was me and my mom's thing that we did together. So I relate to this story for sure. Tinley watched Gotting Light, so I watched with her. It became our thing over the years. But when Tinley passed away at age 22, it became important to me that I watch. I felt like I was spending time with her. Fast forward through the years as a Navy wife. I was also a Navy wife, by the way. And having my three kids, I was still a Guiding Light fan. I used the VCR, and after work, it was me time. One night while eating, my four-year-old son, Jake, asked if Reva was going to be alright. I felt terrible. My child was concerned about a fictional character, as if she was family. So I gave it up for Jake. Five years ago, Jake went to college. And I missed him terribly. He is my youngest and his success left me with no children at home. I wanted to call hourly and visit every weekend. I needed something to stop that behavior. I thought about getting light, but it had been canceled. So the B&B was a 30 minute show. I started recording it and it became 17 commercial free minutes of delving into the lives of the foresters and their friends and foes. It helped a lot. Jake graduated and is now in grad school, about to obtain his master's. 
Congratulations, Jake. That's an accomplishment for sure. I told him about my soapy story, and while he doesn't remember Riva, he is supportive. He has even, upon occasion, watched it with me while home from school. I love your podcast, and especially knowing that I am not alone. It's great to share a passion with others who appreciate and understand why a 17-minute show can improve life. I completely agree, Leslie. Thank you so, so much for sending in your story. I totally relate to this story. The soap opera is a lot of things for me. That's why I can't stop watching it. I've watched it so many years. It makes me feel close to my mom. There's just so many things that the soap opera does that even as mad as I get, I still cannot stop watching it. So like all of you, I am also an addict. I will admit it. Our next story comes from Ken C. Hi, Amanda. I have watched The Bold and the Beautiful since I was a baby. I grew up watching in the 90s during the Stephanie and Brooke catfights. Sheila moving from Genoa City to Los Angeles and marrying Eric. Thorne and Macy. I used to love Thorne and Macy. The Ridge, Taylor, and Brooke Triangle. Don't we all remember that? I remember when I was in the hospital in 2005 and the doctor came in to do some blood work. I told the nurse to tell him to come back at 2 so I can watch The Bold and the Beautiful. And he did. That is hilarious, Ken. I love myself some Bill and Steffi. I have been a Don fan ever since his Brad days on The Young and the Restless. And Jackie ever since she took over the role of Steffi. I have been campaigning for 10 years until now. Ever since he went back to sick Katie. Hashtag no shade. I truly believe that Bill is Kelly's dad. That would be my Christmas gift. I just want to thank you for what you do on your podcast. P.S. I am loving that crazy Quinn is back. And Denise Richards is such a great addition to the cast. Thank you, bold and beautiful cast and crew, for all that you do. Thank you so much, Ken, for your story. Our last story comes from Marvin S. from France. Hi, Amanda. You mentioned on your podcast that you want to know how and when I started watching The Bold and the Beautiful. At first, my mother was the only one with my father watching sometimes. The show is broadcasted in France on cable TV at 6.30 p.m. It all started back in 2009 when I was 16 years old in my first year of high school. When I would come back home from school at 6.30, I would see my mom in the living room watching her episodes. Unlike in the U.S., they broadcast only one episode. But here in France, the channel broadcasts two episodes back to back. That's really cool, Marvin. I started watching the B&B in the midst of the Steffi and Rick love story. What caught my attention in this storyline was Ridge as the protective father wanting to protect his then sweet daughter, Steffi, from Rick, who was a manipulative and conniving bastard. Steffi back then was portrayed as a sweet and squeaky clean daddy's girl. 
similar to Hope, who's a mama's girl with Brooke. This storyline was so enticing, but I thought to myself, I wasn't interested in the show itself, but only the storyline. And me watching the show would be a one-time thing. Little did I know. That after the storyline wrapped up, I became just as addicted to this show as my mother. And we would watch every episode of B&B together moving forward. Don't feel bad, Marvin. We are all addicts. And I am not afraid to admit it. Thank you so, so, so much for your story, Marvin. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm sure all of the listeners do, too. If you hear noise in the background, it's my dog. I'm very sorry. He is acting up tonight. Thanks to all of you guys who sent in your stories. Please keep them coming. I want to know who else out there is an addict. I do not have any news for this week. All I saw were spoilers, and you know I'm not big on doing spoilers. So, enough with the chit-chat. Let's get to the recap. Okay, guys, we are starting on Tuesday the 7th. If you need a refresher about what happened Monday on the 6th, it's on the last episode that I put out, The Redemption Tour. So you can pop over there and listen to that if you need to. So let's start January the 7th, Tuesday. The show opens at Spencer. And Liam is telling Steffi all about his argument with Thomas and how he hasn't changed at all. How he threatened him, etc. And Liam admits that Thomas and the situation is chipping away at their relationship. Now we head over to Forrester. Thomas tries to convince Hope that Liam provoked him and he was just defending himself. Okay, whatever. Hope wants the truth. She wants to know if Thomas is using Zoe or if he's really into her. And of course, as usual, he gives her his trust me, I've changed, I'm a new man speech, blah, blah, blah. And she actually says she can see his side of things. What the F? Really, Hope? Now we head across the hall into the executive office. And guess what? We have a Carter alert. Ridge gave Carter a bonus. And we learn that Carter was at the Christmas party at Eric's house. Then Ridge tells him that he's happy that Liam hasn't proposed to Hope because of course. He thinks Liam should be with Steffi. I roll. A broken record. Okay, not this again. Like, I can't. Come on. First of all, why does everyone think they know what's in Liam's heart better than he does? Whatever. Ridge is so bossy. So, Ridge leaves and he goes to Steffi's house to see see Steffi and Kelly. And she tells him that Liam is more worried than ever about Thomas. He thinks Liam should mind his own damn business. Of course he does. But is Ridge minding his own business? No, he's not. He's all in Liam's business. So Thomas and Douglas stop by to see Steffi and Ridge. And Steffi asks him why he threatened Liam. As usual, Thomas gives his 
normal. I've changed speech and he provoked me and how he wants to be Forrester strong in 2020. And they actually buy it. Are you kidding me? And for the record, I really hate the way that they are writing Steffi. She is one of the smartest people on this show, but they are making her look naive and gullible, and I'm over it. Now, we head over to the cabin. Liam is planning a special dinner for Hope. She comes home, and she's so excited and so thankful that Liam planned this special little evening for them. And then they start talking. And Liam begs her to see Thomas for who he really is. He is so scared that Thomas will drive a wedge between them. And he wants to get Thomas out of their lives. And he proposes to her. Here's the thing. Okay, there's a catch. It's not just a proposal. It's also an ultimatum. I was a little shocked by this. This is very unfair. I think it's very unfair. So he wants Hope to marry him, but she has to give up Douglas. Like, she has to give up custody, period. She can still see him and stuff like that, but Liam wants her to give up any rights to him because it connects her to Thomas too much. And that is how Tuesday ends. So that brings us in to Wednesday the 8th. The show opens at Steffi's with Ridge and Steffi. Thomas has just left and Steffi tells Ridge that she believes Thomas is changing but she's not convinced that he's over hope. They discuss how Zoe is good for him so they hope that's real. Then Ridge tries to play matchmaker again for Steffi and Liam. SOS. Mind your own business, Ridge. They should be together if she still loves him. Blah, blah, blah. Now we head over to the cabin with Hope and Liam. And Liam has just given Hope a proposal wrapped in an ultimatum. He wants her to stop working with Thomas and... To give up all her rights to Douglas. Which is a lot to ask. He begs her to say yes. And guess who interrupts before she even has a chance to give a response. Thomas and Douglas. Liam is not happy about it either. So, Douglas and Hope go to check on Beth. And Thomas is just so evil. He starts taunting Liam, trying to get in his head. The same stuff he always says. Oh, you're not proposing because of Steffi and blah, blah, blah. I'm stunned that it keeps working, right? Like, fool me once. No one on this show ever learns from their mistakes. It's crazy. At least one person should. So they're fighting back and forth. They're arguing back and forth, I should say. And Thomas puts two and two together. And he is furious that Liam wants Hope to give up Douglas. And they're arguing back and forth. And he's really pushing Liam's buttons. So Liam 
pushes him really hard and he stumbles backwards and then they charge at each other and we're about to see a big fight but they stop themselves when Hope and Douglas come back into the room. Thomas tells Hope that she cannot do this. She cannot do this. Then she tells Thomas that he needs to leave and so he leaves with Douglas and Hope begs Liam not to do this. Not to make her choose because she loves them both. And Liam is not giving in. He says that Thomas is poison, which he is. And they need to work out the details now because he can't do it anymore. And then he leaves and poor Hope is a crying mess. And that's how Wednesday ends. So that brings us in to Thursday the 9th. The show opens at Brooke's house with Hope and Brooke. And Hope tells Brooke everything that happened with Liam and the engagement. She's worried because she doesn't know where he is. Oh, come on, Hope. I do. <laughs> Brooke encourages her to go see Liam and talk it out because she can't let Thomas win. Over at Steffi's house, of course, Liam is at Steffi's house. He tells her what happened with Hope. And the engagement. And she is surprised to hear Liam's demands. And he goes on and on and on about how much he loves Hope. And how he really wants a life with her. Clearly it upsets Steffi. Because I guess she still loves him. I don't know why. And he apologizes for being insensitive. Hope calls Liam and she wants to see him. So they agree to meet at the cabin. Over at Forrester Creations, Ridge walks in on Thomas and Zoe kissing, and of course, this makes them extremely happy. Thomas takes off to go take care of something, and we don't know what that is yet. Back at Brooks, Brooke convinces Hope that she needs to go talk to Liam now. She can't wait because she can't lose him. So Hope takes off to go see Liam, so she's on her way to Steffi's. Unbeknownst to Hope and Brooke, Thomas is on the patio eavesdropping. Of course he is. Ridge stops by to see Brooke and she tells him about the engagement. And of course, she blames Thomas, which doesn't go over well with Ridge. Of course not. And they have the same argument again that they've been having and I refuse to write it down again. You all know what I'm talking about. So Thomas gives Steffi a call. And he wants Steffi to help him set Liam up. He is going to call her when Hope arrives. And he wants her to kiss Liam in front of Hope. Really? Really? I told y'all, the old Steffi is still in there. And if she helps him, that will really piss me off. And of course she does. So now I'm livid. Okay, at this point, while I'm watching, I'm now livid. Now do you guys understand why I don't agree with Liam and Steffi being together? Because I can make you a list. It's nothing against Steffi per se, but I can make you a list of all the times that they got together because of some lie or some trick. It's absurd. It is an absurd number of times. So... Now do y'all get it 
right? Like, I don't agree with them being together. Because if you have to trick someone to be with you, if you have to lie to them and trick them into being with you, then that's not love. I'm not sure. That's more obsession. Or I'm not sure what that is, but it's not love. And you know what? I saw a bunch of this online, and it made me mad. Don't you dare say that Hope did it to Steffi. Because it is a very big difference. When Liam and Hope had their kiss in the dressing room and Steffi walked in, Hope had no idea that Steffi was going to be there. She had no idea she was standing there, no idea that she was even going to be there. So it was not orchestrated or planned out. This is. Steffi knows that Hope is watching. Big difference. Huge difference, in my opinion. And why in the world does Steffi want to be Liam's second choice? Why is she okay with that? Why are all the Steffi and Liam fans okay with that? I don't get it. I do not get it. You know what? I apologize, guys, because I try really hard to not be biased. But sometimes I just can't help it. Well... She does it. Thomas calls her. Hope is on her way. She's walking up the little path to where Liam and Steffi are. She walks around the corner. What does she see? Steffi and Liam kissing. Exactly what Thomas wanted. Thomas is, uh, by the way, he's like behind the fence. <laughs> of course, watching all of this unfold. It is disturbing at this point. The links that he will go to to get hope. And that's how Thursday ends. That brings us in to Friday the 10th. The show opens at Steffi's, but we're going to start at Brooks. And all I really have to say is Brooke and Ridge have the same fight again. Brooke wants Ridge to come home. She wants them to work it out. He does too. Then they fight about Thomas. And Brooke tries to get through to Ridge, but of course he doesn't listen as usual. And Ridge tries to convince her that Thomas has changed and Brooke isn't buying it. And once again, they have their usual argument. Now let's head to Steffi's. Hope is livid. And Thomas is watching everything unfold so pleased with himself. Hope can't believe Liam's behavior. He literally just proposed to her and it's the next day and he's kissing Steffi. So Steffi tries to take the blame, but Hope does not want to hear their excuses. She's in shock. That is obvious. She explains that she went there to work things out, but after what he just did... She's not so sure that uh, they can work it out. And she's also sure that she's not going to give up Douglas. They wouldn't have Beth and they wouldn't even be together if it wasn't for Douglas. And I think Liam needs to remember that. Because there's other ways to get Thomas out of your life. Come on, Liam. Beat him at his own game. See, that's the problem. No one is thinking in terms of how can we beat him at his own game. 
They just all cry about it, and it's annoying. You know, usually Liam gives in, but he's not giving in this time. And Steffi isn't saying a word. She's just quiet as a mouse. And she could step up and tell Hope, you know what? It's true. Thomas hasn't changed. He just called me and wanted me to blah, blah, blah. She could tell the truth. But is she? No, of course not. The old Steffi is back. I was wondering how long she could hide it. I really was. Hope is not sure that they can even get back together because this is bringing up all of her insecurities and I don't blame her. She tells Liam that it's not Thomas who comes between them. It's always Steffi that comes between them. She hates the triangle and she hates the way that it makes her feel or that he makes her feel. And she can't do it anymore. She's done. She will not share him with Steffi. And she storms off. And the whole time, Thomas is absolutely loving this. He is loving every minute of it. And that's how Friday ends. So that brings us in to Monday the 13th. The show opens at the cabin, but we're going to circle back to that. We're going to go to Eric's house. And all really that happened is Ridge and Shauna spent time together they flirted as usual. They talked about Thomas. They talked about Steffi, Liam, and Hope. And how Shauna is, her, is his friend and will be there for him, etc. Now we head over to Steffi's house. Liam is in shock over what just happened. And he's really worried that Hope might really be done this time. Steffi assures him Hope will forgive him in time because she always does. She also mentioned that this whole thing should have never even happened. Meanwhile, Thomas is outside watching Liam and Steffi through the window. And it looks like she's about to tell Liam the truth. So Thomas starts to panic and he stops her with a text to come outside and talk to him. So Liam goes to the beach to get some air and Steffi goes to talk to Thomas. Basically, he tells her that she needs to keep her mouth shut and that she will have to play dirty from time to time to keep Liam away from Hope. But that he really wants her to take her family back and make it work with Liam. Now is her chance. It's obvious that she's conflicted, but she's going along with it, which is infuriating. You would think she would learn Every single time that she gets with Liam through lies and manipulations, it never works. The truth always comes out and she always loses him. Now we head over to the cabin. Poor Hope is mad and hurt and everything rolled into one. And I don't blame her. If I saw my husband kissing someone else, I would go mental. So she's packing up all of Liam's stuff and Brooke stops by and Hope tells her everything. And of course, she's shocked and Hope is pretty serious that she's done this time. I'm not so sure, but she says she is. So I guess we'll see. And Brooke tries to convince her to give Liam another chance. 
because it was just a kiss, but hopes to upset. She doesn't want to give up on Douglas, so there's all these things going on, right? She's upset about all these things all at once, and you know, Hope is right. That poor little boy is innocent, and he would be devastated if they told him, well, she's not your mom anymore. He would be devastated. And Brooke thinks that Hope should not give up on her life with Liam. And I just feel like the poor girl is devastated. And how much crap is she going to put up with from Liam? How many times is she going to let him break her heart like this? Then we get a split screen. It's Hope crying. She went for a walk. She is in the woods. And it's Hope crying. And Liam looking extremely sad and devastated, looking out at the beach. And that's how Monday ends. That brings us in to Tuesday the 14th. The show opens at Forrester with Steffi and Ridge. And they absolutely hate Sally's designs. They are really worried that she's losing her confidence. And Steffi tells Ridge that there's no way they can use her designs because she would be a laughing stock in the fashion world. Now we head over to Eric's house with Wyatt and Quinn. And you know what? Poor Wyatt. He's trying to talk to his mother about his problems with Sally and about the slip of the tongue. And he's looking for advice and comfort. Does he get that? No. Quinn is actually happy. Real supportive mom, right? She could at least hide her joy until after he leaves. I just feel sorry for him because Quinn is his mom. And it's not easy to have her as a mom. She also tells him that Steffi isn't too happy with Sally's designs. And I guess Steffi's been talking And gossip has gotten around the office. She calls Sally tacky and says that she's not the one for him. Rude. She actually implies that it could be Sally's fault that her parents abandoned her. Seriously? If you think for one second that evil Quinn was gone for good or is gone for good... You're wrong. Because she's not. She also pushes her flow agenda on Wyatt really hard. She goes on and on and on about how great flow is. It's obvious how much she hates Sally. I just don't get it. I don't. Over at the guest house, flow is finally back. And Shauna tries to convince her not to give up on Wyatt. Because there might be trouble in paradise. She wants Flo to fight for Wyatt because she loves him. And Flo wants to know what's going on with Shauna and Ridge. And she says, we're just friends. I would love it to be more, but right now we're just friends. Then Shauna goes up to the big house. And she runs into Wyatt and she informs him that Flo is in the guest house. And of course, he's going to go see her. Flo is daydreaming about Wyatt and then he walks in the door. 
back over at Forrester Creations. Poor Sally is trying to sketch. She keeps messing up. She's really, really shaking and clearly upset. And I really just feel horrible for her. Poor thing. Then she walks in on Ridge and Steffi talking about her designs. And Ridge tells her straight up that her designs are not good enough for Forrester Creations. This is not going to work. So Sally is hurt and she offers to redesign the sketches. But Ridge says, no, I don't think these can be fixed. Steffi tells her that they might just cancel the showdown altogether, and Sally is devastated. It's like one blow after another because she's worked really hard on this. And Steffi tells her, look, I'm worried about you, all right? You're not acting like yourself. And Sally gets so upset because she thinks she might get fired that she literally starts shaking And they're like, whoa, 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 calm down. We didn't say we were firing you. Go home, right? Go home for the day and we'll talk about this later. And wow, I just feel so bad for her. So Sally can't stop shaking. She leaves and she's shaking and she's crying. And what is going on here? Is she just stressed or is it something more serious? That's the question. And that's how Tuesday ends. So that brings us in to Wednesday the 15th. The show opens at Brooks with Brooke and Ridge. And they are having the same fight they always have over and over and over. And Brooke is not happy about Shauna living in such close proximity to Ridge. And Ridge says, well, you don't need to worry about her. You shouldn't worry about her. But then he turns around and decides he needs to tell her the truth. So he tells her he crossed the friendship line a few times and they kissed. Wow, this is going to be explosive. Like, what was he thinking? If he was going to tell her, she should have told her a long time ago. Like, really? She's devastated. She warned Ridge about Shauna, but he didn't listen. She feels so betrayed. She's livid. And for some reason, she thinks Quinn is behind this whole plan to steal Ridge from her. Granted, she's on board with Shauna doing it, but I don't really think it was her plan per se. And Brooke says that she is not going to put up with it. I respect Ridge for wanting to tell her the truth, but man, she is not having any of it. Over at Eric's with Shauna and Quinn, they are, of course, trying to play matchmaker with Flo and Wyatt. And they discuss them for a little bit, and then they start discussing Brooke and how they think she's being stubborn and stupid. And she is. She has good reason, because she's right about Thomas, but she is being stubborn. And I wish she would beat him at his own game, so to speak. So Eric comes in and Shauna thanks him for letting her stay in the guest house. Now we head out to the guest house with Flo and Wyatt. They are flirting and it's obvious they are very happy to see each other. 
She questions him about his engagement to Sally and he does admit that he's confused, which that's not a shock, right? That is not a shocker. We all know that that freaking dude is confused, okay? <laughs> so they get a text from Katie because she's calling a family meeting. Flo really wants Wyatt to go with her to the meeting and he tells her that he just wanted her to know that she did a beautiful thing for Katie and that she should be proud of herself. They hug and then she kisses him. Again, really not fair to Sally. If you're going to break up with her, you should break up with her before you're kissing other people. Shauna returns to find Flo gone, but she does get a text explaining why. Shauna then starts daydreaming about Ridge, so she calls him to see if he wants to have dinner with her. He tells her that he can't. It's a not a good idea. And then he drops the bomb that he told Brooke the truth. And Shauna is very much caught off guard. She was not expecting to hear that. Now we go back up to Eric's house, the big house. And Brooke has stopped by to talk to Eric about Shauna. And she wants Eric to kick Shauna out of the guest house immediately. And she tells him everything. She wants him to know that Quinn is helping Shauna try and steal Ridge. But Eric takes up for Quinn. Oh no, oh no, she's just being a good friend. Is she? Is she, Eric? Then Brooke wants Quinn and Shauna out of Eric's house and out of his life for good. And unbeknownst to them, Quinn is eavesdropping and she hears the whole conversation because she's standing on the staircase. Uh-oh. Uh-oh is right because Quinn's crazy has now been activated. And that's how Wednesday ends. So that brings us in to Thursday, the 16th. The show opens at Eric's and Brooke is begging Eric to kick Shauna and Quinn out of his house and out of his life. But there's no way he's going to kick his wife out of his house. Brooke needs his help to reunite with Ridge and she is now in a complete and now, Brooke has worked herself up into such a tizzy, to such a state where she is almost like manic. And poor Eric, he feels really, really bad for her. He wants to help her, but what she's asking is crazy. She is very persistent, that's for sure. And he leaves because he has to go to work. Over at Spencer... Katie has called a family meeting, and Wyatt, Flo, Donna, Bill, Justin, and Will are all there. Basically, she wants everyone to forgive Flo and welcome her back to the family. So, we automatically know that is why Liam, Hope, and Brooke were not invited. Katie apologizes for the mean things that she said to flow before the surgery and she just wants everyone to give her a second chance and this has caught everyone off guard I don't think they were expecting this Bill is not very happy and I get it 
right? I totally get it. And I can see why everyone is still very skeptical of Flo and her intentions after what she did. But Katie is adamant that she has been talking to Flo every day and that she truly believes Flo is sorry for everything that she's done. And she just feels that she deserves a second chance. Of course, Will says that he will give her a second chance because she saved his mommy. Donna eventually comes around and says that she will forgive her. And she gives Flo a hug. Bill very reluctantly gives in and he agrees to try and forgive her. Wyatt, of course agrees to forgive her no problem he thinks she's amazing bill then makes up an excuse he makes up a meeting to get rid of everyone so that wyatt and flo can have some time alone they tell each other how much they miss being together we learn that he's still in love with flo and ultimately he wants to be with her or he thinks he does You know, Sally really deserves better. I'm just going to throw this out into the universe. What about Sally and Carter? I think that would be amazing. Now we head over to Forrester. And Eric is questioning Ridge about Shauna. And he is very disappointed in Ridge. He questions if telling Brooke was the right thing to do. Because now she is in a complete state she's devastated she's hurting and eric tells him about his little meeting they had this morning and that she demanded he get rid of quinn and shauna she demanded that he kicks them out of the house and ridge is like oh boy quinn goes out to the guest house to talk to shauna because she is livid she is livid about the things that Brooke told Eric. So she explains to Shauna everything. And she assures her that there's no way she's going to let Brooke get away with this. And she is not going to take them down. So Quinn leaves to go confront Brooke at the big house. And um, things don't go so well. Quinn tells her that she heard everything that she told Eric. But Brooke doesn't really care. And she's like, um, well, I don't appreciate you and Shauna going after my husband. Shauna should be taking care of felony flow, not Ridge. That cracked me up. Quinn warns her that she better back off because she does not want Quinn as an enemy. That is the most truthful statement Quinn has ever made on this show. Out of all the people, I do not and would not want Quinn as an enemy. Brooke thinks that it's ridiculous that Quinn calls herself the matriarch of the family. She accuses Quinn of being threatened by Eric's love for her, and I think she is a little. The whole time, Quinn denies telling Shauna to go after Ridge. She denies that she was involved or that she's behind it. She also refuses to kick Shauna out. And she says she's not threatened by Brooke at all. 
and this triggers Brooke, right? Brooke's already triggered. What am I saying? Brooke tells her that she may not be threatened now, but she will be. And she says, I can't believe that y'all are doing this. Shauna is so beneath Ridge, it's laughable. And as she says it, Shauna walks into the walks into the house and she hears this. So, as you can imagine, she's not that happy about it. She says, you know what, Brooke? You're losing Ridge because of the way you're behaving, not because of me. No wonder he's looking for something better. And that's it. That's it. Brooke just snaps. She's enraged. So she straight up slaps Shauna right in the face. It was hilarious. I loved it. So at this point, Brooke has snapped, right? And she tells them she learned that from the real matriarch of the family. Oh no, that's it. That's it. Now Quinn is enraged and she snaps. She just loses her shit. Brooke tells her that she is going to tell Eric all about how freaking crazy she is. And that's it. Quinn hits Brooke so hard in the head. She knocks her down to the ground. It was amazing. Then she says, Bitch, you should have learned how to slap from me. And she basically is like, I make Stephanie look nice. Then Quinn says, I don't even want to go to war with you. Like, I didn't even want to go to war with you. But, mm mm-mm. Nope, there's no going back from this. Brooke gets up off the floor and she gets in Quinn's face and she says, if you want a war, you got one. But she didn't say it like that. She gets in her face and she is yelling with her finger all in Quinn's face. And she says, if you want a war, you got one. And that's how Thursday ends. Very exciting. So that brings us in to Friday the 17th. The show opens at Eric's, but we're going to circle back. We're going to start at Spencer with Wyatt and Flo. Wyatt tells Flo that he's always wanted his future to be with her. And she asked what we are all thinking, what we all want to ask. Uh, Excuse me, what about Sally? And Wyatt admits that he's been having second thoughts and that he feels like there's just something off with their relationship. And... He Then he tells her about the slip of the tongue, which has clearly triggered him, like, beyond. And I'm not sure. I think he's overreacting a little. I really do. Like, come on. It's something to get mad about and, like, have a little fight over, but it's not something to, like, break up over. Now we head over to Forrester Creations with Sally and Zoe. They bond over the fact that they both are lucky to have jobs still. And Sally tells her that they might eliminate Steffi's line. And if they do, that would also eliminate her job. Poor Sally. And she's really worried that she's going to lose Wyatt. So Zoe suggests that Sally should surprise Wyatt with something special. And she takes the advice. She calls him and tells him to meet her in the design office 
as soon as possible. Zoe leaves, and a little while later, Wyatt arrives, and he gets a surprise all right. He gets a shock. Sally is in a black and silver or gray lingerie set, and she is beautiful, okay? She is. And Wyatt is speechless. She tells him she wants to show him how much she's missed him. And then they kiss. Now we head over to Eric's house with Shauna, Quinn, and Brooke. Quinn and Shauna are so offended by Brooke. They think she's being insufferable. But Brooke tells them she won't lose Ridge. And that she's determined to send them back to the desert. Eric arrives home and he hears yelling, so he comes in and wants to know what the hell is going on. Quinn tells him that she heard everything Brooke told him earlier. And then, of course, Brooke tells him that Quinn attacked her and knocked her to the ground. And Eric is very upset. He's upset that Quinn slapped Brooke and knocked her down, and he's upset that Brooke slapped Shauna. And of course, they all blame each other. Quinn is a little shocked when Eric takes up for Brooke. He tells Quinn that this is not how foresters behave. And she never should have let this happen. He hates violence. Eric hates violence. So Eric does take up for Brooke, which really pisses Quinn off. Because he kind of gets the fact that Brooke was very upset. She just found out that her husband was basically kissing another woman. And of course she's mad. And then Quinn and Shauna start in on Brooke. They tell her this is all her, all, this is all her own fault. That she's losing Ridge because of her own behavior. And Eric says that Brooke was very upset. And he's hurt enough. He's, he expects better from all of them. Especially Quinn. And you can tell that Quinn really wants Eric to take her side. And that is really bothering her that he keeps taking up for Brooke. Eric wants them to apologize, but that's not going to happen. They refuse to do that. So Shauna says, look, just forgive Thomas and stop being so stubborn and you would have Ridge back. And Brooke is like, excuse me. My marriage is none of your business. And Quinn is like, well, mine is none of yours. Brooke really tries to get through to Eric and to stress the point that Quinn and Shauna are toxic. And again, they tell him. And Brooke basically demands or very strongly requests Eric to tell Quinn he's done and to kick them both out. Because they do not belong at the Forrester Mansion. And that's how Friday ends. So that brings us to our last episode. Monday the 20th. The show opens at Eric's. And Brooke is demanding that Eric kick Quinn to the curb. Because she's evil and she's a she-devil. She tells Shauna... To stay out of it and keep her mouth shut. Just to shut up. And Eric tells her that he understands how she feels. And he's appalled at Quinn's behavior. 
But he loves her, and nothing is going to change that. This makes Quinn so happy. She tells Brooke not to let the door hit her in the ass when she leaves. Now we head over to Forrester Creations with Sally and Wyatt. And poor Sally, she's just enjoying being in Wyatt's arms. But he's clearly uncomfortable. So she tries to assure him that she will work harder on their relationship. And that she has absolutely no feelings whatsoever for Liam. Then Wyatt tries to give her the you're so wonderful but breakup speech. And this was hilarious. Because Wyatt tries to say you're so great but I I want to see if I can make things work with Flo again. Nah, uh Nope. Sally is not having it. She is livid. And she straight up tells him, nope, not going to happen. You're not breaking up with me. She says that she is not going to let him. Because last time, she let him go so easily. And it was a big mistake. And then he ended up coming back to her. And he says that he loves her. So, no, she's not going to allow it. She is not going to allow Wyatt to break up with her. And Wyatt is stunned. He is speechless. And Sally grabs her stuff and she storms out of the office half-dressed. And she tells him that she's going to take care of all of this. And I'm positive that she's on her way to see Flo. Now we head over to Spencer Publications with Bill and Katie. Bill tells Katie that he is very skeptical of Flo. Because which one is the real Flo? The one that helped Katie? The nice one? Or the one that lied and helped Reese? Which one is the real one? And that's what we are all wondering. I know I'm wondering that. So Flo walks back into the office to tell Bill and Katie how thankful she is for a second chance. And she tells them that she might be getting back together with Wyatt, which is exciting, and that he's talking to Sally as we speak. Now we head over to Brooke's house. Brooke is just so upset. She's like on the edge of just having like a complete breakdown. Katie comes over and Brooke tells her everything that's going on with Ridge and Shauna and Quinn and Eric and everything. And Brooke is determined to get rid of Quinn because she's convinced that Quinn orchestrated this whole thing to help Shauna steal Ridge. Katie is shocked and she she basically says, are you positive about this? And Brooke's like, oh yes. And then she tells Katie that Quinn is still crazy and that she hit her so hard she knocked her to the ground. And Katie's just in complete shock. She just can't believe this. And Brooke says there's no way that she's going to let these two win. She's going to war with Quinn. This is absolutely a war. And Katie's just speechless. Now we head back to Eric's with Eric and Quinn. And Eric tells her that he's very disappointed in her. 
And she tries to take up for herself, but Eric really doesn't want to hear it. He tells her that she needs to be the bigger person for once. Brooke was very upset, and she had just found out something that was really upsetting. And Eric is not happy about the Shauna and Ridge thing either. And he wanted Quinn to be the bigger person. And that's laughable. It's Quinn we're talking about, okay? (laughs) But he does stress one thing. So it's very possible that this could easily drive a wedge between Quinn and Eric. The one thing he says is that he absolutely does not want Quinn and Shauna to interfere in Brookenridge's marriage. He wants them to stay out of it and out of their life, period. It's a non-negotiable, and he expects them to respect their marriage. And I'm like, hmm, because Crazy Quinn has been activated. She is now out. There's no way she's going to listen to him, and everyone should be scared. So Eric goes upstairs, and Shauna comes back over to talk to Quinn. And, of course, they start bad-mouthing Brooke. It's all her own fault, etc. She's a hypocrite, etc. And then Quinn tells Shauna not to worry because she is going to take care of Brooke once and for all. Because this time Eric took up for her. But what if he doesn't next time? And that's how Monday ends. So that brings us to the end of the week. Let's analyze this so that I can bitch about all the things I don't like. The first thing I want to talk about, I just have a few things, so it won't take that long, but the first thing, I just want to bring something to y'all's attention. Here is a count of all the people who could stop Thomas's reign of terror, but does not. But they choose to not. Steffi, Shauna, Vinny, Danny, the bar manager slash model. I would put Zoe on the list, but I think she genuinely believes him, which makes me very sad for her. These four people choose to cover for Thomas. These four people are now responsible for whatever horrible thing he does next. I will admit, I have been disappointed with Steffi in the past, but I am more than disappointed. I am devastated. I can't believe that I bought into the Steffi 2.0 act. She hasn't changed, and I am so disappointed. I can't believe that she is helping Thomas after what he did to her, after Losing her child because of him. I cannot believe she would even consider helping him. Not to mention she supposedly loves Liam. That's my point. She doesn't love him enough. Because if she did, she would not be able to do that to him. And I can't for the life of me figure out why she wants to be with someone who's in love with And wants to be with someone else. I will never be anyone's second choice. Ever. It makes me sad for her. It makes me want to scream. 
I just cannot believe it. I'm sorry, guys, but if the only way you can get and keep Liam is by lying and tricking him, then that is not love. That is not love. I'm sorry. I know I said it already, but I had to say it again. Now let's move on. Liam. I hate what he does to these two women. It makes me sick. I hate how easily swayed he is. Like, man up. Like, know your own mind. I also do see his point of view, but I think he's being a little unfair, and he's asking too much. Asking Hope to not be that little boy's mom after she already is his mom now is like a lot a lot it's not fair to ask her to choose or to give up her child it's just not and there's other ways that they could deal with thomas you could get a person to be like your in between um and you don't even have to interact with thomas there are other ways, Liam. Now, let's move on to the triangle. I know we just talked about it. I just want to say that I'm sick of the triangle. I'm sick of it. I agree with Hope. It's disgusting and I'm sick of it. It's old. I'm over it. I'm just so over it. I At this point, I don't even care whether he's with Steffi or Hope. Like, I don't even care. I don't care. It's it's SOS. And I'm tired of it. Now, let's talk about Slapgate. I thought this was hilarious. Because I love a good fight. And I love a good slap. It was fun to watch. And it gave us a break from the stupid triangle. I'm worried, though, because Crazy Quinn is out. And she has plans for Brooke, which makes me very nervous for everyone, not just Brooke, but for everyone. I love Crazy Quinn because it's fun to watch, but I don't like the consequences of it. I don't want Eric hurt because I know he's going to get hurt, and I don't really want... Brooke Kurt, but at the same time, it's very fun to watch Crazy Quinn. And she's, like, beyond crazy. She makes Thomas look like a Boy Scout. It's a very tricky situation. I have mixed feelings, but I am excited to see Crazy Quinn out and about. Let's move on to Wyatt and Sally. This is the last thing that I want to get off my chest. What... In the holy hell is he doing? I don't, he doesn't even know. I don't know, he doesn't know, we, none of us know. When he's with Sally, he loves her and he wants her. And then when he's with Flo, he changes his mind and he wants her. All right, Liam Jr., stop, okay? Just stop because I can't. Honestly, he is so confused. I don't even know. Most of the time you like, well... I think he loves her, or I think he's more in love with her, or whatever. At this point, I have no idea. No idea. He says that he wants Flo and that he's in love with her, but, like, he also said that about Sally. So, it's like, okay, what in the hell? 
honestly, he needs to go on a, on a vacation alone, alone. And he needs to figure out who the hell he loves and who the hell he wants to be with. Crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Wyatt is driving me crazy because Sally does not deserve this. Okay. He broke up with, with her already once for Flo. And now he's trying to do it again. So, you know what? Now that I said that, if you're step back, I think it maybe it is, it is kind of clear that he, he does want Flo. I think maybe he's more in love with Flo, which is sad. So, I just want Sally to be happy. And like I said, I had a great idea. Let's put Sally with Carter. Problem solved. You're welcome. And that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for downloading the episode and for being such loyal listeners. I am so, so grateful and I am happy to report that we now have over 10,000 downloads, which is so exciting and amazing. Thank you guys so much. I would love to get some more stories to hear how you became a BNB addict. My email address is Amanda at the bold and beautiful podcast.com. I will put all the links in the show notes for email, website, and all my socials, just so it's much easier for you guys. And just a little reminder to please give me a five-star rating and a review on whatever platform you get your podcast from. I will be back in your ears in two to three weeks, depending on how many episodes and how much is preempted. So we missed a whole week, right? There was no episodes from like the 23rd to the 26th or the 27th. So a whole week was preempted. So let's play it by ear. I will definitely be back in two to three weeks. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Bye, guys.